Here you are. You're sitting in your cubicle and you're getting no fulfillment from your current job. You got passed over for that promotion for the third time. This time, they gave the job to someone brand new to the company. And boy, does that suck. You want to leave, but a husband or wife, kids, and a mortgage tell you to pump the brakes on that notion. But let me ask you this. Do you think you deserve more? Have you reached your maximum potential? More importantly, are you happy? My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. So today we're going to talk about it's okay to leave your job. Now, I know this is a bit of a touchy subject for some of you, but sometimes when we start a job in the beginning, we have all the hopes uh, of that job and we think about all the good things that can go uh, great with it but we don't necessarily think about sometimes where we hit a lull or a snag or maybe it just wasn't a good fit so we're going to talk about that today so in the first segment we're going to talk about signs that it's okay that it may be time to quit your job then we'll transition in the next segment and talk about you know the proper way to do that it, you can't do that whole half-baked uh, scenario if, if you've seen that movie before it's probably not the best option but we're going to talk about the proper way to do that after the break then we'll talk about you know some of the next steps after you quit the job now what what are some of the steps we need to take to you know move our career forward and then lastly since you know this is the startup life we're in the last segment we're going to talk about if the proper way to go is for you to be an entrepreneur or maybe to go back into a nine-to-five job but like i said we're all about entrepreneurship on this podcast so we're going to talk about about if it's a proper path for you to be that entrepreneur after you quit your job. So Startup Nation, I hope you're ready to receive great value today and let's take flight. Now Startup Nation, for many of you, you know, you listen to the podcast on Monday mornings, right? I usually release an episode on a Sunday night and you listen to the podcast on your commute uh, on Monday morning. So it's probably Monday right now. And if you have that feeling of dread, like, oh God, I don't feel like dealing with Janice and accounting today. If you're having that feeling right now, that's probably a pretty big sign. And I want to start with that one today. Um, that's probably a pretty big sign that you probably need to leave your job. Look, I'm not saying that, you know, your job is there to save the world or end world hunger or something like that. But what I am saying is that you should get some type of fulfillment from your job. You should get something that, you know, that makes you feel complete from your job. You know, because think about it, you spend a very good uh, amount of your time at this place with those people. And so if you dread going to work on Mondays and you hate Sunday nights, then that's a pretty good you know, sign that we may want to consider some other career options, if you will. Now, another thing you may want to consider is that once you get there, 
you know, if you're kind of procrastinating, I tell people all the time, you know, my wife jokes and she says that, look, if you talk to Dominic or if you listen to the Startup Life podcast, he'll have you quitting your job. Look, I will never advocate for some just telling somebody to quit their job. I don't know your life. I don't, and more importantly, I don't have your bills. OK, but what I what I do tell people is that and this speaks to the procrastinating on your job when you get there. If you spend a lot of your time procrastinating or thinking about something else while you're there, your job performance is going to go down anyway. And you're going to get those bad, you know, quarterly or monthly reviews or whatever you get from your job. So it's probably go ahead. It's probably a good time to go ahead and start thinking about other alternatives anyway, because when you get to your job and you're playing Minesweeper or Solitaire, now I know this ain't 1998, so those those games are probably not on computers these days because that's a very old statement. But what I am saying is that if you find yourself trying to like, you know, take a task that takes normally, let's say, an hour to do, but you're trying to stretch that bad boy out to lunch for like three hours, you get there to eight and try to stretch it out to 12, then, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good sign that, like, you, you probably need to move on, okay? So think about that. Another thing, Startup Nation, and this is probably the most important point of this entire show for today. If you go to your job and, you know, it starts to wear on you mentally, or physically, that's a problem. If it's one of those things where you have anxiety attacks when you go to work or you have anxiety attacks when you come home from work thinking about work or it starts to take a you know a toll on your physical health, you, you, you definitely need to think about uh, some other type of career path. You know, if you now if you like your job and, you know, you love what you do you love the position that you're in this any case and you have those instances, then we need to talk to HR about how we can, you know, have some type of auxiliary pieces in place or some supplementary pieces in place in order for you to have a little bit more job fulfillment in the sense of your health, because there is no job. There is no company to build that is worth your health. And I mean, mental health too, not just physical health, because in this day and age, Mental health is starting to become just as important, even though it probably should have always been, but it's starting to be recognized just as important as your physical health. And so if you're mentally drained from your job and your nine to five, like, bruh, that's not a good look. That's definitely not a good look. You need to reconsider your plat your path here, your plan here. And, and even if you like the job, you need to reconsider. So think about that as well. Another sign that you may need to move on is that if you vent about your job, this kind of speaks to that mental health piece. If you come home and you're like, babe, I went to work and oh my God, fucking Janice in accounting is just getting on my last nerve. Or, you know, Jim, my, my supervisor or whatever, he, he talking about I got to have these TPS reports done by two and it's 150 and he, he knows good and well it takes 30 minutes to get TPS reports done. So it's like if you're venting about your job too much, like don't get me wrong, you should have you should hit the pressure release valve every once in a while. But if it becomes like a very constant thing, like it's a routine part of your day to vent about your job, it's probably a good sign to go ahead and reconsider another career path or another career plan, uh, if you will. Another sign, if you're overqualified. Look, I have been in plenty of jobs myself. Well, I've been overqualified. I've, I've, I've even gone in knowing I was overqualified. Like, look, if I go in, bust my ass, do a really good job, they'll promote me. 
they'll promote me. Spoiler alert, they didn't promote me. Because one of the things I had to understand and realize, and it took my wife to, you know, to point this out, to be fair, because she'll probably listen to this episode, she pointed it out from day one. And I was like, you know, let me just give it a shot. Let's see what happens is that and the other. Six months later, she was absolutely right. But anyway, it's one of those things where it's like if you get into a job, into a role where you're overqualified, right? And you take the Dominic approach, like, you know, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to bust my ass. They're going to see that I'm doing a great job. They're going to promote me. What I have found recently in the workforce is that if you do a good job at a role that you're underqualified or overqualified for and you bust your ass, they'll just keep you in that role. Because why in the hell would I want to pay somebody more money, you know, when I can get pay them less money and get more production? Like, why the fuck would I do that? I mean, to be honest, that's a savvy business move on on their part. But for to you as the employee, it's not a good look. You, you know, I am all about, you know, the market should pay you what you're worth. Right. And so, you know, you should absolutely start to think about seeking some other type of career path, become an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be. I chose to be an, an entrepreneur, but maybe you would decide, you know what, instead of, you know, working at a. Uh, at Burger King, I'm going to take my talents to McDonald's or whatever your job may be. Let's say you're at uh, International Paper. Like, you know what? I'm going to take my talents to FedEx because they're going to, I think they may appreciate it. Whatever that looks like for you, just determine that, like, if you feel like you're overqualified and, you know, there's one thing to say that you're overqualified and there's another to say that your resume says you're overqualified. But so I guess what I'm saying, in, in addition to that, to be honest with yourself, if you know damn well that, you know, you got like, you know, three months experience in, you know, in let's say um, bookkeeping or whatever. Right. And you're trying to go run a whole accounting department that has like, I don't know, uh, like, you know, responsible for like 15 people. OK, let's be honest with yourself. Maybe you're not quite qualified just yet, but if you have like 15 years of experience and they say like, nah, you're best fitted here or you're not really qualified for that or something like that, or you're qualified for the role that you're in. Yeah. Let's go ahead and explore those other options, Startup Nation, because maybe this role currently is not for you. Another thing to consider that maybe, you know, it's time to move on is that if the work environment or the culture is just negative, look, like I said earlier, you spend a very large part of your day, a very large part of your life uh, in this place or in, in some other building that's not your home, okay? I'm sorry. You know, I don't care what your boss says or whatever the case may be. Uh, you should appreciate or you should like the space that you're in. It should not be a negative place. Now, granted, we came to work today, okay? If, you, if you're on your job, you came to work. Let's be honest. Like, look, not everybody works at Google with, like, Xboxes and Playstations and shit and, and ping pong tables in the lobby, okay? Now, if you work in one of those places, you know, that's great. But even if you do work in one of those places, the, the cultures can still be negative, you know, but because, you know, it ain't all about, like, you know, play or whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm getting off topic. But anyway, if, you, if you're if you in a space that's just negative where there's always constant bickering, there's always constant, you know, rumors about layoffs, if there's always constant, you know, just just a load of crap that goes on from on a regular basis it's probably a good time to reconsider 
uh, other options because like nobody want to work wants to work in a place like that. It's almost like a marriage, if you will. If you're in a marriage where it's toxic. And, you know, your partner is always talking, you know, stuff about you or being negative or something like that. Who in their right mind will want to stay in that? Now, granted, I get I understand the stability and taking care of your family and this, that, and the other. And sometimes we have to do what we have to do, Sodom Nation. You know, but in the meantime, you know, like I always say, life requires balance. You know, let's say you got to stay in that job for a little bit longer. But while you're in that job, let's go ahead and explore other options. OK, or at the very least. If you want to stay in that job, let's let's figure out a way to kind of change that culture, if you will. Right. Another sign that it may be time to, you know, bounce or move on from your current job is that if you're being recruited by those headhunters. Right. Look, if you are valuable in the workplace, somebody's going to see it. You know, they always say that whole cliche cream always rises to the top. I tell people all the time, cliches are cliches because they're true, okay? Because somebody is going to notice your work. You know, you got that LinkedIn profile and it's popping and and this, that, and the other. Somebody's going to notice that. Somebody is out there looking for what you do. So don't be ashamed about that. You know, so if you're being recruited by somebody else or another company or like, hey, you should think about this, that's probably a good sign as well, especially if you feel underappreciated in your current role. And also, Startup Nation, look, let's say you're in a role or in a job or a company that you work for, wherever the case may be, and you don't have the freedom to speak up about things. Or if you feel like if you do speak up, you could get reprimanded. That's not a way to live. It's just not. We have free speech in this country. OK, now, granted, you know, I'm not saying you can't say certain things like what James Winston said on Florida State campus a few years ago. Like certain things are just inappropriate. Let's just be honest. But if you see an issue and you bring it up in a tactful manner, there should be no reason why you can't say anything. And if that's an issue at your job and you feel like that could be an issue where you can be reprimanded for speaking up, that's probably also a good sign that, you know what, it's time for me to go ahead and take my talents you know, elsewhere. You know, maybe it is the South Beach in Miami. I don't know. But it's one of those things where it's okay to go ahead and think about taking those talents elsewhere. And lastly, Startup Nation, before I move on to the next segment, one of the surefire ways that you're probably, uh, you know, need to consider moving on is that you're listening to this show. And I don't mean this show as far as like the Startup Life podcast. I mean that this particular episode, it's okay to leave. Because if you're listening to this episode, you've already thought about it in your head somewhere. Like there's some dark corner of your brain where you've thought about, I wonder if I can make more money elsewhere. I wonder if I have what it takes to to be my own boss. I wonder if I leave, if anybody would even care. So if you're listening to this episode, you know, you've already started to think about it. You've already started to think about the possibility of taking your talents elsewhere. You've thought about the possibility of becoming that entrepreneur. You've thought about the opportunity that, you know, you could do something a lot better and be a lot more marketable or be a lot more successful, more importantly, elsewhere than where you are currently. And that's okay. There is no shame in thinking that. I am always been a person to go get your money because go get your money because you deserve it. You've went to school for X amount of years. You put in work at all these other industries and, and companies for X amount of years. You go get your money. 
And don't let anybody tell you that you should, you know, be humble and stay in this role. Look, being humble is for the birds, okay? You know, go ahead, beat your chest. Be tactful, but beat your chest. If you say you deserve something more, then you should deserve something more. If you like where you are now, try to get there where you are now. But if you're not getting that fulfillment that you're looking for, it's okay to consider moving elsewhere. So Startup Nation, you know, you've gotten to the point where you you say, you know what, I'm done. And you're ready to move on. But how do you quit your job? So let's talk about, you know, you know what that may look like or some steps what that may, you know, kind of entail, if you will. Now, first, if you, like I said, if you've seen the movie Half-Baked, where my man was working in that fast food restaurant and the way he quit his job, don't do that, Okay. Just don't do that. Even if you're deciding to become an entrepreneur and start work for yourself where you don't really answer anybody else, don't do that. Because the thing is, is that you never want to burn bridges. And for those of you who've never seen Half Bait, he, he goes to work one day and somebody says something and he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you cool, fuck you and I'm out. You know, like that's never a way to to quit a job. Okay. And so, uh, because the thing is, you don't want to burn bridges. You never want to burn bridges. I don't care how bad the job is. I don't care if you, you know, it, it took a toll on your health. You never want to burn bridges. You want to leave in a very tactful and respectful manner. Okay. So keep in mind, uh, with that. Now, when you think about quitting your job, there's pros and cons to, to both sides, right? You have to think about why you're quitting in the first place. You have to think about, do you already have something lined up? Do you, do you, you know, have a business idea for those of my entrepreneur, you know, potential entrepreneurs out there? Do you have a business idea that you're trying to leave to, you know, to go pursue or whatever, right? So you got to weigh those pros and cons, right? And if you, uh, you know, have a job offer elsewhere, it's okay to let them know that, okay? As long as you give that two weeks notice or that verbal notice or whatever the case, you know, verbal notice or written notice, whatever the case may be, it's okay to let them know. Like, look, I've had you know, a great time here at JNS company. And, you know, uh, and, and I'm really grateful, respectful of everything I've learned here, but I think it's time for me to move on this, that, and the other. And, you know, people will appreciate that. You know, they will, you know, now it may be a situation where they may treat you a little petty for those two weeks, but that's, that's a projection on them. And besides, if you're quitting your job, nine times out of 10, you already knew they was going to act like that anyway. So that's not a big surprise anyway. But the first thing, and I've already kind of alluded to it, give an adequate notice, let people know that you're about to leave. Don't just, don't just bounce because that speaks to that whole burning bridges thing. And that's just honestly professional courtesy. Look, we live in a civilization where we're all trying to shock people and like, ooh, I got you and, and this, that, and the other. But there is something to be said for professional courtesy. Let's say you quit your job. You give your two weeks notice. You act, you know, with professional, you extend that professional courtesy to your employee, your, your soon-to-be ex-employer, this, that, and the other. You go to the new job. You're over there crushing it six months to a year later, it files for foreclosure, it files for bankruptcy and is getting ready to close your doors, right? But the company you left is still humming along, right? And that happens a lot, actually, where a lot of times startups will will kind of poach, you know, people from well-established companies and they will, you know, lure them with like, you know, higher pay and better benefits and this and the other, right? But 
you know, a lot of times those people aren't great business people. And so those higher pay and higher benefits ultimately leads to the company filing for bankrupt because they probably overpaid too much. They were trying to get the best talent, but they probably overpaid. Right. So that's actually a quite real scenario, Startup Nation, that can happen. So, you know, if you did that whole tactful way of doing the two weeks notice and giving adequate notice that you're going to leave, maybe you can come back. Maybe you can come back and maybe you come back temporarily. Maybe you come back, you know, you know, for the rest of your career. Maybe things have changed. Maybe they didn't realize that you would have left. You know, but now that, you know, they, you know, you know, the whole adage, you know, you never know what you had until it's gone. Maybe that scenario happens and maybe they treat you a little bit better when you come back. You just never know. But you want to put you want to give yourself the opportunity for that to happen, because if you just up and just leave one day, you know, they'll remember that they'll write HR, write a nice little note in your file that they usually always keep. You say like he just up and just left. And then give no notice, no anything. So always give adequate notice, Startup Nation. Look, I, I get it if it's one of those things where, you know, where you, you have to do what you have to do. I get it. But as m- much as humanly possible, you know, try to give adequate notice. And the thing is, your, 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 your soon-to-be new employer will understand, you know, that you have to give notice to them. And they'll understand and give you the adequate time to quit your job as well. Uh, also understand that you have no obligations to, to stay longer than two weeks. Okay. Or whatever, you know, period, you know, that you gave, you know, for, you know, for you to leave or whatever. Right. Look, uh, people like, like, well, can you just stay a little bit longer? Like, no, I can't. And don't let them feel you. Don't let them pressure you to feel that you have to stay longer. Like they'll write a bad review where the case may be. Okay. Cause I've seen people, I've seen people get sued over that. I have. So if somebody tries to press you to stay longer, you don't have to if you, unless you just necessarily want to. But I will say this. If you were to, say, give a two weeks notice and they say, can you just stay one week more? Are we getting somebody on board or whatever the case may be? And you do that, you, you know, you, you're buying credibility with them just in case if you had to come back. Like, don't ever quit a job don't think, and thinking like, you know, that you're just done or the pot or you will just never have to go back. Because, look, life happens. Shit happens. Things happen. They just do. And so always leave gracefully, always leave tactfully and always leave, you know, when you're, you know, while extending a very good professional courtesy. And when you leave your job, Startup Nation, you know, make sure you, you know, to say thank you to your boss for the opportunity. Thank you to the company for the opportunity. You know, things that you've learned, uh, things that you wish could have been, you know, better or whatever the case may be. You know, because sometimes people do exit interviews and sometimes they don't. But, you know, let the boss know like, hey, this is what I liked about the job. This is what I didn't really like about the job. This is why I'm ultimately leaving. Transparency is is a lost art, apparently, in this country or in th- in this world, mind you, because like I said, everybody's trying to do the ooh ah, he told him off, she told him off. And that's just ridiculous. Not in the workplace. OK, so let the boss know. Let, let the company know, like, look, this is why I'm leaving. I was looking for this and it never really came to fruition. I had a certain timeline in my head. And obviously the company's timeline was a bit a little bit longer than mine. And so that's okay. I've seen people, you know, getting ready to head out the door. They, you know, written their resignation letter saying why they're leaving. And then, you know, like two, three days later, they get a huge raise to keep them. So it's like 
you know, I know you may think like, you know, when it comes to negotiations and contract, you know, arbitrations and negotiations, whatever the case may be, I'm pretty sure I use arbitration wrong. But when it comes to things like that, uh, they're not just, you know, exclusive to like, you know, sports teams and, and, and you know, uh, sports figures or whatever the case may be. It can happen at the local level, too. It can happen at the at the uh, micro level of your job as well. Like you can negotiate that. That's possible. You don't have to just accept certain terms. I, I've done it plenty of times. Like, Mr. Lawson, we have you have great experience. We're going to offer you thirteen dollars an hour. Like, no, nah, I think I want fifteen dollars an hour. Well, Mr. Lawson, no, nah, I want fifteen dollars an hour. How about fourteen dollars? Ah, cool. Let's take it. And so be willing and open to negotiate if that's something that you want to do. Now, if you're just fed up and the culture is terrible, look, and it's taking a, a toll on your health, bounce. Just go ahead and leave that. But if not, there's room for, you know, to salvage that relationship or negotiate for something that you really want. Hey, go for it. Shoot your shot. It can't hurt anything. You already get ready to go out the door anyway. You have the leverage because, you know, it costs a lot of money to to replace people. It just does. So negotiate that, you know. But also, you know, if you decide you're just going to go ahead and leave, but you don't have anything lined up, which, you know, most people will tell you to go ahead and have something lined up. You know, I say to each his own, you know, because if it's a thing where it's your health is an issue, I, I wouldn't wait to have something lined up. You know, like you feel like you can like have a, a nervous breakdown on your job at any given day. That's going to be a bad look on your job anyway. So but anyway, but like if you have the ability to uh, not have something lined up and just go ahead and leave. That's fine. Make sure you ask for a reference, which is what I ultimately get into. Ask for a reference. You, If you left tactfully and you extended that professional courtesy and you've done a good job there and they know you've done a good job, ask for a reference. Nine times out of ten, they'll give you one. They'll hate to see you go. But at the, at the very least, you know, they understand, like, you know, you know, sometimes their hands are tied and they can't give you the raise or the promotion that you're seeking. And that's OK. And lastly, Startup Nation, before we you know head to break, don't forget about certain details when you decide to leave your job. OK, so, you know, if you have like certain employee benefits or 401k pension plans that need to roll over and stuff like that. Be mindful to take care of that stuff as well. Some things like 401ks or investments or whatever the case may be can follow you to your next job or they can follow you to your if you have like an investment banker or a financial planner that you work with they can take over that 401k or that you know that retirement account for you in some kind of way i remember when a lot of people got you know uh, left fedex or whatever they you know roll their retirement over into a financial planner's hands or his you know one of his products or her products i'm sorry um, or to their next jobs, 401k, or the case may be. So don't forget about that. And also, there may be certain un, you know, uh, unemployment benefits, like COBRA for health benefits, or unemployment, or things of that nature. So don't think, don't forget about that. Especially for those of you who are leaving, but don't necessarily have something lined up um, afterwards. Be mindful of that. Be mindful of some of the things that may be there, you know, as amenities to you as you transition forward into your next role or starting your company. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. But once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life.
If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than our Teaching with Al section of our website. Enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the Nixon presidency as part of our legacy series. Enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are Common Core aligned. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So in the first half of the show, we talked about some signs where it may be time to leave your job. And then we talked about, you know, if you're going to go ahead and do that, the proper way to do that or some ways to go about doing that. So now I want to talk about, you know, once you've quit your job, you know, what are some next steps? Now, this could range, you know, kind of differently depending on if you're going straight into another job or straight into uh, your entrepreneurial venture or, you know, you just want to kind of just take a break. And so the first thing I would tell you for those who want to just take a break is to relax and just breathe and just take time for yourself. OK, there is nothing wrong with decompressing and resetting after you've, you know, you decided to walk away from uh, a role or position of a job or whatever the case may be. Um, it, it's one of those things where you, you need to retool and refocus. You need to remind yourself of what's important. You need to remind yourself of what the ultimate goal is. And that's okay. And you can't do that when you're cluttered with new ventures and ideas. Right now, I understand. Like I said, you know, uh, the light bill ain't got time for you to refocus and retool. I understand. Neither does the mortgage. Totally get that. But what I am saying is that if you have the time, even if it's just for a day, Right. Even if you can just carve out a day where in between, you know, uh, your current job and your next job, and you, you know, gave your two weeks notice and you starting on on a Monday and it's Wednesday, you know, like take those days. Or if you, you know, or even if you starting on a on a Monday and you stop the other job on a Saturday, take that Sunday. Just breathe, relax, let it all out. You know, Think about, you know, what the plan is, what the goal is. And if you're the entrepreneur, you know, definitely take that time to just relax and refocus and think about what the goal is with your entrepreneurial venture. Write down some ideas, Uh, you know, ask yourself if entrepreneurship is for you. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. But just kind of relax and take it all in. Another thing you could probably do while, you know, if you have the means to do so is to travel. And even if you just travel to somewhere 50 miles outside of where you live, that's fine. You just need to get away from what you currently see on a regular basis to kind of retool and refocus. See something different. Go experience something new. Do something that you would do at home in a new place. If you like the Netflix and chill in Memphis, Tennessee, Go Netflix and chill in Texarkana, Arkansas or something. Or go Netflix and chill in Jackson, Mississippi or wherever the case may be. My point is to just get away. All right. Get away. Take some time for yourself. Do some new stuff and just, you know, have a little bit of fun before you go to the next venture. Because, look, there that is no life to just to be all work and no play. That's not a life. It's just not. And so if you could kind of just take a minute for yourself to kind of just refuel and relax and and just focus, that's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. Now, after you do that traveling and you're refocusing and retooling, now it's time to make a plan. 
Now, if you already have a job lined up that's waiting for you, it's not really a plan to be had because the plan is already being executed. But for those of you who are trying to figure out, you know, if you want to go to another nine to five job or do the entrepreneur venture, we need to put down a plan. If you're looking for another job, we need to go on Glassdoor and LinkedIn. We need to tighten up that resume, if you will. You can either do this yourself or get a professional resume uh, builder like my girl, Louisa Shepard you know, who does, you know, career planning and resume building um, as well. Uh, But, you know, you you want to make some kind of plan. Nobody has won a war or a game or whatever the case may be without a plan. So what makes you think your career is going to go on the right trajectory plane if you don't have a plan? Okay, so let's go ahead, create a plan, you know, and think about, you know, what we want to do. Also, Startup Nation, if you're one of the ones who who are taking some time before you go to your next venture or whatever the case may be, after we start, after we deal on that traveling and retooling and, and kind of decompressed, if you will. I guess what I'm saying, let's say you haven't started the entrepreneurial venture yet or you haven't started the next job yet or you're still looking for the job. Make sure we're doing something productive each day. Even if it's just like one day you're tightening up the resume, that's a productive day. The next day you're, uh, uh, you, know, you know, starting a new workout. That's a productive day. So even if it's just something small, do something productive. Don't just Netflix and chill it the entire time. Like that's okay to do it when we're decompressing and we retooling and refocus. That's fine. But eventually we got to do some work. We can't just Netflix and chill our life away. So, you know, make sure you uh, do something productive each day. And if you're going through the entrepreneurial route, you definitely want to do something productive each day. You know, even if it's like build a website, that's a productive day. Get business cards. That's a productive day. Uh, Going to a networking event. That's a very productive day. So you want to make sure you're doing something productive, even if it's just self-improvement with like reading a book or, you know, starting an exercise plan, starting a diet plan or whatever the case may be. Make sure you do something that's productive because you want to mount those small wins uh, until you, you know, until you get really settled and hit that, that stride and that groove or the grind, if you will, into your next venture. And lastly, you know, uh, Startup Nation, be patient, be patient. Because a lot of times when we, you know, delve into not just an entrepreneurial venture, but into something new, we get a little anxious because things are not moving as fast as we want or things are not happening in a manner that we want. Just be patient because and I get it. You know, kids need clothes. You you got to put food in the refrigerator, you know, mortgage bill due. I get it. But you have to remember that you can only control what you can control. And so you can't force anybody to give you a job. You can't force anybody to buy your product or service if you're doing the entrepreneurial play. You can't force them to. You can be persuasive, but you can't force them, okay? Be patient. Whatever your next step is gonna be, it's gonna come. It's on the way. As long as you're focused on the plan and you're focused going forward and moving towards whatever that goal is or that plan is, it will come. Just be patient patient and don't be over aggressive either because that's not a good look as well i there have been plenty of times where i've seen people like say like you have those um like people who will come to like a a vending event and they become vendors and like it's their you know they just started their 
jewelry line or they just started their travel agency or wherever the case may be, right? And they get super aggressive because somebody has told them in some movie or, or some TV show, like, you got to be, like, super aggressive. Let me be clear. You have to be aggressive. You got to work. You got to grind this thing out. But what I am saying is that you don't want to become pushy. And so when you have, you know, the bills do this and the other, they become super pushy. And, 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 you know, and that speaks to, you know, a lack of patience. And, you know, the more impatient you get, the more careless you get, the more careless you get, the less productive you become. It's just true. And so, you know, I, I tell new entrepreneurs all the time, look, it ain't going to come, all, you know, in the, you know, it ain't going to come right now. It's just not. The last thing that all, the money always comes last. It just is because when you start a new venture or even when you're trying to start and, you know, find a new job, wherever the case may be, people have to first know you exist. That's the hard part, especially as the entrepreneur. People have to know that you exist. You have to let people know that you're here. Once that they know that you're here. okay, now we know who you are. What do you do? What are you about? Okay, and that's the next hurdle you have to get to. Right. And then. Once you keep putting your head to the grindstone and you keep grinding it out and you keep, you know, going to those networking events, putting out your resumes, filling out those job applications, letting people know what product or service that you're doing. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm going you know, back and forth between, you know, working with somebody or finding a new job and the entrepreneur event. But once you keep doing those things, eventually people can be like, oh, yeah, that's Dominic. He does this. You should call him if you need this done. You should call him if you that if you need that done. I'll tell you a quick story on how being patient comes to fruition and how it can benefit you. Because when we started Owls, like, you know, when we, you know, we did subcontracting at first and we still do a little bit of subcontracting. But, you know, to kind of venture out on our own, it took some work. It took some patience. And it wasn't until uh, maybe last year or you know a little bit earlier this year to where like opportunities just start to fall in our lap. I got this, you know, this speaking engagement through a, through a ton of network, and I got this speaking engagement at International Paper. And ever since that speaking engagement, which I ultimately knocked out the part because I'm dope, um, ever since that speaking engagement, opportunities have just been falling in our laps. Hey, would you come here and speak here? Hey, we're trying to implement this training program here, and yes, we will be willing to pay you. That took five years, Startup Nation. It took five years just to get to that point. A guy that I mentor, uh, you know, I had him come to our office, you know, not too long ago. And at that point, we had been in business for four years. We had just got that office space about a year ago when he came and saw me. And I was telling him, like, look, you see this office space? It took us four years to get to this point. It took us four years. A lot of times when people start an entrepreneur venture and, you know, they, you know, they said, I got to get office space, which is fine. If, if you're like you know, a certain type of business or whatever, you do need some type of brick and mortar space. You just do. But you should get that brick and mortar space when the business justifies it. Our business didn't justify it until our fourth year. And so I had to explain to him, like, you have to be patient. Like this thing doesn't happen overnight. And it works the same with trying to get a new job. Like people have to know you exist. You got to put those resumes out there. You got to go to those networking events. You got to go, you know, and, and, and network with different people. You got to go build those relationships with other people. So, you know, if I can leave you with anything out of that segment, Startup Nation, be patient. If you keep doing the work, eventually they're going to come to you. Like that whole, if you build it, they will come. It's cliche because it's true. If you keep doing the work, 
those opportunities will come your way. And they not only will they come your way, you'll have to start fighting them off. Like, like I can't do this. I already got like the, you know, three other opportunities over here. I can't do this. I'm, you'll start turning stuff down because there's going to be so many opportunities like, like I can't do them all. Or you have to hire somebody, but that's a whole nother podcast, Startup Nation. And last but not least, Startup Nation, before we cut out for today, for those of you who are thinking about, you know, quitting your job and becoming that entrepreneur, you know, this is the point where you need to start being honest with yourself. You need to start being honest with yourself to the point where do you have the discipline and the fortitude to work for yourself? Because in this era, this golden era of entrepreneurship, a lot of people just jump out there like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. And they just throw this title around like it's just like, you know, like it's tissue paper. Like this life is hard. This life is tedious. I have a lot of friends who say like, man, I'm trying to be like you. Or like, man, I want your pockets. Like, bro, you want my lifestyle. You don't want my pockets. You know, this 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 life is is not for the faint of heart. That doesn't mean that you can't do it. Let me be clear about that, Startup Nation. You can do this work. You can live this life of an entrepreneur. But what it would be irresponsible of me to tell you that it's easy. It would be irresponsible of me to tell you that, like, you know, every day is sunshine and rainbows. It would be irresponsible of me to tell you that, you know, that there won't be any days where you just feel like quitting. But what I guarantee you is that if you just keep doing it, that's all it is. It's just fortitude and being tedious. If you just keep doing it, if you just simply don't quit, I'm telling you, Startup Nation, eventually, you know, the money will come, the lifestyle will come. And you will be thankful that you started this path of entrepreneurship. But there are some questions or some things you want to ask yourself, you know, when you think about, you know, delving to the life of entrepreneurship. One of the things is, you know, is that like you have to ask yourself that, you know, I don't like being told what to do by people who are less capable than I am. Okay, if that's something that fits your description then maybe entrepreneurship is for you. Because the thing is, is like how many times you've been on a job and you just be like, bruh, you you ain't willing to do that. So why are you telling me to do it? Or at the very least, they don't have the acumen or the capability to do it like you do, right? Another thing you want to ask yourself is that do you like being your own boss? Look, and that and that's a tough question. On the surface, it's not. But it's a tough question to ask yourself because the thing is, is like, when you're your own boss, brother, sister, it's all on you. It's all on you. There is there is entrepreneurship, especially in the startup phase, and 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 uh, entrepreneurship and stability do not go hand in hand. They do not. And when you have employees that are dependent on you to do the make the right decisions. Their livelihood are in your, is in your hands. And that's a huge responsibility. If that's something that you don't like to do, you may want to reconsider being an entrepreneur or at the very least what your entrepreneurship plane looks like. Do you like to question conventional wisdom? Do you like to go against the status quo? Do you like to question the notion of, you know, this is why we do it this way because this is how we've always done it. Okay, that is is one of the craziest things that like people 
think that like things can't change. Things are always subject to change. It's just a matter of who can figure out first how to make that change go to be and to be more lucrative, more profitable, or wherever the case may be. If you're one of those people who are rarely satisfied and complacent, good enough is one of those attributes that doesn't really apply far too often in entrepreneurship. There are times where good enough has to be good enough, you know, because it's always about balancing different things and that balancing different hats because maybe the website isn't optimal. Maybe your website doesn't you know, run as efficiently as Walmart. But if it's just, you know, good enough for right now, that's OK. That's OK, because you just need the website to be functional. Make the make the product and service is where you draw the line is like, no, 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 no. This can be better. No, 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 no. This can be better. No, no, no. This can be better. Make that your 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 where you draw a line in the sand. But something like a website or something like that, mm, maybe that can be just good enough. And that's one of those things as the entrepreneur, you have to kind of uh, delegate and balance, if you will. Right. If you have people who in your family who run businesses already, that's a plus. That's a plus. Or if you have friends that, you know, who already runs a business, that's a plus. Because, see, these people you can rely on for like help and and, you know, to think through a problem, to think through certain situations, even if they don't do the exact same type of business that you do. The entrepreneurial mind is universal. The entrepreneurial mind is all about solving a problem. It's not necessarily about starting a business. It's about solving a problem. And so if you have other entrepreneurs and business owners in your family, in your circle, in your circle of friends, that's an attribute that you can lean on. That That's a resource. That's definitely a resource. And if it's one of those things where, hey, you don't currently have that, that's okay. That's just something else you have to build because in this life of entrepreneurship, we have to build relationships anyway. So maybe you have to build that part too. Maybe you have to build your own support system, right? I have a friend who who has a fitness company and it's like, it's one of those things and we talked about this in the uh, episode uh, a while back, the language of entrepreneurship, which is there in the show notes uh, for easy access. We talked about like, it's a, it's a language that not everybody speaks, you know, you know, if you have like a parent or something like that and you talk about your entrepreneurial venture and your business or whatever the case may be, nine times out of ten, your parent doesn't understand that language because, you know, a lot of times they didn't grow up that way. But if your parent is a business owner, they absolutely understand that language. So be mindful of that when you start to delve out, delve out into your entrepreneurial journey and path. If you were, you know, one of those people who like to work as a teenager who worked after school, had an after school job or, you know, you work during you know vacations and stuff like that. You may be ready for entrepreneurship. It speaks to this level of grinding, working, never quitting, never stopping, always trying to get, you know, get this money. Right. Or not necessarily get the money because I don't want to project, you know, uh, the stereotype of this is all about money because it is not. It's really about lifestyle and, and your freedom and the money is a byproduct of that. And sometimes that byproduct feeds into the lifestyle and the freedom. But this is not necessarily about money. OK, but what it does speak to is work ethic. It speaks to a work ethic of not being not minding doing the work, not minding doing what it takes to be necessary to be successful. OK, 
if you're one of those people who think that you'll rather fail on your own and succeed on under somebody else's dime, you may be ready to be an entrepreneur. You may be ready to be an entrepreneur. It's one of those things where if you take all that energy and all that effort that you put into the job you just left and put it into yourself, think of the possibilities. Think of think of when you were trying to make sure that, you know, you worked that overtime job and you got that that time and a half. You was trying to get extra money for your family for Christmas or whatever the case may be. Right. Imagine if you put that same effort, that same focus, that same drive into yourself, into your cupcake business, into your T-shirt business, into your water bottle business, into your sh- you know, whatever type of business. Imagine if you put that grind towards yourself. It's almost like that that sweat equity that you put into somebody else's thing that you put into yourself. And that's important. That's important to ask yourself. That's important to be aware of, you know, and, and it really could can speak to a level of success that you would appreciate. You know, do you get an adrenaline rush from selling things? Some people love the art of the sale. Some people love making deals. Do you get a kick out of that? Well, good, because you'll be a great entrepreneur, because no matter what you're doing as an entrepreneur, as a as a consultant like ourselves, like a person who does, you know, whatever, sells a service or something, you are, if you're an entrepreneur, you're you're a salesperson, plain and simple. You are selling something. And if you love making those deals and you love selling things, this is the path for you. This is a life for you. And it's one that you can be highly successful in. Another thing, you know, if you're ready for this life, are you somebody who gets excited about new ideas and want to vet them out to see how they go? Right. Because, you know, some people are on the whole adage about, you know, teaching the dog new tricks or wherever the case may be. Or uh, like I said earlier, you know, we do it this way because this is how we've always done it. You know, if you're one of those people who like to break that status quo, this is a life for you. Because innovation is the hallmark of entrepreneurship. Innovation is the hallmark of life. Right. You know, like this, this microphone that I'm using to report, record this episode, this smartphone that I'm using, you know, to make phone calls and send text messages and write emails and and write invoices so I can get my money as well. But like. You know, without somebody liking a new idea or thinking outside the box, we wouldn't have any of this. You wouldn't have the car audio that you listen to this episode right now. You still have that old FM radio from back in the 60s. So if, you know, being a person who loves new ideas and getting excited by ideas, that's that's the nature of an entrepreneur. It truly is. And lastly, Startup Nation, if you're a person who loves to achieve results. Think about it. You've been, you know, you've been you've been hustling and grinding and like trying to make this thing work for years and years and years. And then somebody comes along and is like, I want to buy that. I want to do business with you. And you get like this, this, you know, this feeling of euphoria that you just can't explain. You're you're ready for entrepreneurship because the people who are entrepreneurs, they understand that, like, I got to put this work in. If I don't put this work in, ain't nobody going to see it. But when you put that work in and somebody eventually sees it or the very least, while you're putting in the work, you're visualizing people, somebody coming to say, I want to buy from you. That's something that's going to keep you going. That's that feeling that you're going to have to have 
as you're delving into this life of entrepreneurship. Okay. It's it's that feeling of, you know, accomplishment. It's that feeling of I I built this. It's that feeling of, you know, staying the course, staying with it, and just, you know, having this this, you know, this huge feeling of just like this is awesome. It's almost like scoring a soccer goal. That's why soccer is so awesome, because it's the anticipation of the goal. In this case, it's the anticipation of, you know, the big sale, that one deal that changes everything. And like I said, sometimes that's all you have. Sometimes that, that dream, that that idea is all you have sometimes. And you just got to hold on to that. And so if you're somebody who, you know, and that's the thing. That's why lottery winners lose their money in the first what 18 to 24 months after they win it. It's because it just kind of came in an instant. They didn't earn it. They just bought a lotto ticket. Okay. Or at the very least, I don't want to say earn. What I'm saying is like you, you, there was no long continuous grind unless you consider the long continuous grind of built of buying a ton load of uh, lotto tickets. But even still, like, you know, when those lotto winners, they go broke because they didn't have that grind. So there's no appreciation for the money. But when you've built something from the ground up and you understand that like eventually somebody's going to buy this you're invested you've invested your time you're invested your money you've invested your sanity to you know to get this thing off the ground and when you achieve that that ultimate you know holy grail of success you appreciate it and you understand that you earned it because you put in the work so here's my final take i understand that it's hard to leave a job it is, you know, most of us have been there. Some of you who are entrepreneurs have been entrepreneurs since birth because, you know, you grew up in a family in a legacy of entrepreneurship. And so this is all, you know, and that's great. But for the 99 percent of us who didn't grow up that way, who didn't come to this life, you know, being taught the language of entrepreneurship, being taught the grind of entrepreneurship, you know, it can be tough and can be tough. And for those of you who decide like, you know what, entrepreneurship ain't for me, that's okay. Still know that it's okay to leave because you deserve what you deserve. And the only person who can define what you deserve is you. You, not me, not, not, you know, your boss, not your wife, you know, not your kids, not your parents. Only you can define what that's supposed to look like. So if you're in a toxic work environment, and you feel like that's not good enough, like, you know, do one of those, you know, pro con lists, right? You know, if if the cons outweigh the pros, you you change your situation, change your situation, can either ask for a promotion, asking for some type of supplementary things to make that job better, or it could mean leaving. And that's OK. It's that's OK, because the thing is, you don't want to have a situation where. You stay in that job and yes, you're making the money and you're paying your bills, but what's the quality of life? And you coming home and venting to your wife or your husband each day and to your kids, they're going to feel that resentment that you have. They don't deserve that. You definitely don't deserve it, but neither do they because they, they weren't there. What I'm saying is like, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel like you're not being valued to however way you feel valued, you know, it's no different than 
a, a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback saying like you you don't value me, so I'm gonna go elsewhere and get and, and get where I'm valued. You can do the same thing at your job. You can do the exact same thing. Take your destiny into your hands and say, hey, this is what I'm worth. This is what I want, and this is who I'm going to be. And if that's the life of entrepreneurship, great. You know we love that here at the Startup Nation. But if that is to go to another nine to five where you feel appreciated, that's okay too. The bottom line is make sure you feel valued, make you sure you feel that you're worth it, and make sure that ultimately that you're happy. And I believe that if you do all these things and if you feel that way, it is quite okay for you to leave. So that's going to do it for my time on the startup life today. I hope you got great value today. Like I said, a lot of you are at your job, you're on your way to your job or you leave your job uh, for the day right now. You're asking yourself like, man, I want to leave. I want to do something else. I want to start my own job. I want to start my own company, but I don't really know how to do that. Look, the first step is to just go ahead and make the leap and eventually you'll figure it out because, hey, you're a smart person and you know what's best for you. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. To subscribe to the show, as it can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.